Hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm Eric Panecki. I'm David Choi. And I'm John Labretti. And welcome to the Deals and Dollars podcast. The three of us are real estate executives in the New York City metro area. Every week, we bring on the best real estate investors and entrepreneurs we know to talk about how they made it in the business, how they source their deals, and most importantly, how they make their dollars. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. All right, let's get into it. Let's ride! (laughs) Real Estate Jedi! Welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm blessed to have you here, dude. David Toopin, guys, 26 years old. He's acquired over $100 million worth of real estate as a key principal. He's now the CEO of Real Estate Lab. You're a weapon, dude. I've actually never seen at the age of 26 anyone do what you're doing, so it's really inspirational. How did you get started in real estate? I appreciate the kind words, man. If I could afford you, I would hire you on my sales team. <laughs> How did I get started, man? I was 19, 20. I mean, I've always been an entrepreneur. When I, since I was 13, I started my first company, a landscaping company, and got to college, studied finance, did some internships in like investment banking, a little bit of private equity, some auditing. And I learned pretty quickly. I didn't want to work for anyone else. I didn't want to go into a job, but I learned a lot of cool skills, you know, in terms of the financial side of things. Um, I'd met some people, heard some podcasts, learned about real estate investing, had always intrigued me. And when I figured out that really anyone could do it, that was when this light bulb kind of went off for me. It's like, Mm. man, you don't need to be special. You don't need a bunch of money. I had no money when I got in. I maybe had like two to four grand in my bank account, right? When I first (laughs) was like, I want to start investing in real estate. Yeah. The natural progression I thought was you got to start in single family, which quickly I figured out you don't have to, but I did start off in single family to did, did like five or six wholesale deals, which for you is like maybe a week's worth of business. <laughs> uh, and, and it took me a couple of months, but I did that. And, uh, and then I jumped right into multifamily. I was like, man, I want to go do big deals. Once I decided that I could do it, it was game over. There's nothing in my head that was going to stop me. There's nothing out there. No factor, no person. No deal, nothing that was going to stop me from doing it because I, I figured out pretty quickly, it's just a puzzle. Man. And once you get the pieces to that puzzle down, the, the who's bringing the cash, who's signing on the debt, you got to find the deal. You've got to underwrite it. You've got to put a good plan together, right? And mm-hmm. I figured out what I could bring of that puzzle and I figured out what I couldn't bring. And what I couldn't bring was the money. I couldn't qualify for the loan, but I could find the deal. I could hustle that. I could underwrite the deal. I've underwritten, I'd underwritten 50, 60 deals before I got my first under contract because I was just every day just jamming and, and practicing and running numbers and, and just trying to master it. And I found a deal. The numbers seemed like they made sense, made an offer, pretended like I knew what I was doing with the broker, right? I had no track record. I was just a kid. And I would like call the broker up and I, you know, I'd start building a relationship with them and they had never really met me. And then I'd go do a property tour with them and they'd be like, yo, is your dad coming? Or like, you know, it's like, who's, who's coming with like, you got yeah. a partner or something? Who's the money guy? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, no, no, I've got all the money lined up. Like, you know, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to self-manage this thing. Like we've got a bank already, already committed. And I didn't, you know, I just kind of like, you got to sell yourself, man. So I sold it. We got it under contract. 
I raised like 150 grand from some investors. I had a partner who came in and signed on the debt. Um, and we split the deal, the upside 50-50, the GP portion, and uh, and just slapped it together. And it went pretty well. I actually bought two 12 units at the same time. I like so I got one accepted and then I was negotiating another 12 unit on the same street with another broker. And I got that accepted the same week. So I was like, not only do I not know how to close one deal, but now I need to figure out how to close wow. two. So three months later, close on those. Dude, that was off to the races, man. Wow. Fake it till you make it, man. Fake it till you make it. A little it. bit. As a 20-year-old, you just got your first chest yeah. hair and you're <laughs> taking down 24 yeah. units in the span of a week. It's That's insane. Yeah. How do you sell yourself to a broker? You're 20 years old. You've never done anything of this magnitude before, right? Yeah. Obviously, in your head, you sold it to yourself. Like you said, you believed in yourself. You knew you could do it. You were locked in. You must have been able to tell yourself with so much conviction that you could do anything you put your mind to to be able to actually relay that message to a broker for him to believe. Yeah. Dude, this oh, guy was, yeah. he kind of looks like he's 20 years old. To pull Dude, I, and when I was 20, I looked like I was 15. I, <laughs> I got a baby face too. So right now I look young, you know? So, yeah. uh, Dude, you have to have the conviction and you have to have that confidence. And don't get it confused with cockiness, but confidence is important. Confidence in yourself, confidence in your plan, uh, belief that you can do something is so important and you need to have that. So what gave me the confidence was that I was putting in the time. I was working 16 hours a day, every freaking day on apartments. When I when I told myself I was going to apartments, I almost dropped out of school, but I was taking basically like night classes. I would work from eight to four. I would go to class from five to nine. And then I would get home and I would work from like 9.30 till midnight. And I would do that six days a week. I did wow. that for three years straight until I practically burned myself yeah. out. So that's how I gained all this knowledge in such a short period of time. In my three months hunting for that first deal, I was working every single day. And imagine doing something every single day for 16 hours. Like you're going to pick up on it pretty quick, right? So as long as I could talk the basics and I kind of knew what I was talking about, I was reading books, figuring things out. I was listening to Grant Cardone, right? 10X everything. <laughs> yeah. So I had this just massive confidence that I had built up. Like, yeah. like I can do this. And I went into the broker. I felt like I knew what I was talking about. I understood the numbers. Um, I asked a lot of questions about the property and I told them I could close it. So, you know, even though I didn't really know how I was going to do it, I knew I could figure it out. You knew. Yeah. You knew. Oh yeah. But if you want to have explosive growth, you got to show explosive interest and you've yeah. got to go all in. Oh, I love that. David, what does your business currently consist of today? Yeah. So I have two companies. I have my real estate company called mm -hmm. Tupin Holdings. And that is kind of real estate facing side. I manage funds to buy real estate. I syndicate properties on a deal by deal basis. And then I own my own personal portfolio properties where you know I either own it on my own or I've joint ventured with people. So my own variety of like multifamily, commercial, self-storage, got about 60 million in assets currently um, on the real estate side. Wow. On the software side of the business, real estate lab software uh, company, and we've got the community as well, a mastermind group. Started that about two years ago. I just had this vision from the financial model I built for underwriting apartments. In, a, in like a year and a half, I'd sold over $100,000 of the spreadsheet at just 250 bucks a pop. Word of mouth. No way. They're not a dollar of advertising. And I'm like making more cash flow than some of my apartment buildings selling Holy. the spreadsheet. And I'm like, all right, well, there's demand for this. Software can do what Excel can do much better, right? It's, we're still integrated with Excel, but we actually use Google Sheets now. But software can do so much more. And so we've spent about half a million building out the software and it's called uh, Real Estate Lab. You go to realestatelab.com. It's a multifamily acquisitions platform. You can underwrite deals, send LOIs, parse mm. uh, financials, track your deals, your pipeline. It's like a CRM for acquisitions. 
And so we just launched that. You were at the event a couple weeks ago in Tampa yeah. in January. I've been working on it for a while. Uh, just launched that and we've had uh, great success so far. So yeah, real estate and the software company, which kind of go hand in hand for me. What do you think your competitive edge is above the average investor? Being able to outwork them, okay. outwork anyone, right? Which really at the end of the day is I'm outworking myself, you know? Mm. But being willing to do whatever it takes, um, obviously is the first thing. Your willingness to do whatever it takes is everything in this business. If you want exponential growth, if you want slow growth, like, you know, whatever, you can do it on the side, do this or that, like treat it as a hobby. But if you want explosive growth, like I said before, you got to go on. So I think that's one thing. Second is understanding the numbers and the financials in this business because commercial real estate is a very financially driven business. So you got to understand cap rates, you know, improvement, increase in NOI, how it affects the value of a property, different debt and how different debt structures affect the property, different structures with your investors. I, I consider myself a master at structuring deals. And I think that is of huge benefit. And you really, everyone needs to know how to do that. So understanding the numbers, I think it's just foundational to this business. You don't have to be the one grinding in the spreadsheets constantly, but you need to understand it no matter yeah. who you are. To be a decision maker in this business and to be a smart decision maker and to responsibly invest when you have investors and partners, you need to know the numbers. Believe it or not, my first real estate mentor gave me a piece of advice. He says, if you want to be a real investor, you need to learn finance. Love that. Yeah. I changed my major from accounting and, and supply chain at times, straight to finance, never look back. It's so fundamental. You need to understand what a profit and loss is. I mean, it blows my mind how people want to get in this business, but they, you know, you don't take the time to learn. Like every property you buy is a business. The value of the property is based on the earnings. Right. So you need to understand how that works, how value add works, right? How increasing an income affects NOI, controlling your expenses, all that stuff. And then you need to understand financing and how different types of financing, like bridge debt versus a conventional loan versus, you know, all these different things and interest only. And you need to understand how all these things work and affect and flow. And so, Absolutely. dude, you couldn't have gotten better advice. I mean, yeah. finance is the foundation of commercial real estate. It's all finance. For sure. What are some, just for the people that are listening, what's a great way to learn real estate finance? Dude, Google and YouTube, man, your best friends. There's there's some great <laughs> books out there on it too. But yeah. like, honestly, at the end of the day, just Google like, how do you value commercial real estate property? Or what is a cap rate? Or what is NOI? Investopedia is a great uh, resource for that type of stuff. And then go on YouTube and watch my videos of how we underwrite deals and how we look at that type of stuff. Um, and there's tons of resources on YouTube. We got to jump into something that you might not want to talk about here, Dave. What is the worst deal you've ever done? Worst deal I've ever done. Oh, don't don't tell me you're one of those guys that's never lost money on a deal. No, I've never lost money on a deal. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so this deal almost went sideways. I bought a deal in Freeport, Texas, which is about an hour and a half south of Houston. It is a port town, highly based on oil and chemical industry. This town goes like this. It goes up, up, it's booming, fucking drops off like a cliff. Yeah. And so uh, we brought this property in January, closed in January, 2019. We were going to go and put like a million two into the property, renovate all the units and then flip it. We bought it for 55 a door. Three months in, we got an offer. A guy knocks on our office door. We got an offer. We bought it for like seven, two. We got an offer for $11 million. This guy's wow. like, hey, I want to buy your property. We're like, we're not really selling. We're kind of just, we've just bought it. We're renovating it. He's like, no, I want to buy your property. He's like, I have a grant from the government to buy this because after Hurricane Harvey, they gave out grants for people to come in and buy properties. They gave them like free money basically um, to turn it into like low income housing type of stuff. So this guy's like, no, I'm going to buy a property. He's like, I've got, I've got basically free money. I'm going to give you like, what's your price? And we're like, oh, we'll sell for 11 million. So he gave us an offer for 11 million. Um, we put down a bunch of hard money. Three months later, we closed. We went under contract on the property to sell it. 
three months after we bought it, occupancy was like 88%. By the time he bought it, the occupancy was down to like 60%. Wow. So basically that market tanked while we were under contract to sell it. We sold it six months after we bought it. We made like between me and my partner, we made about $750,000. Our investors made like a really solid return on their money too. In a short period of time, they made like a 35 IRR. Wow. Like that. um, That's great. But we got out before it went sideways. It was luck, man. That was all luck. I can't, I can't contribute that to us at all. This guy knocked on our door and wanted to buy it with like free money from the government. If he didn't, we'd be in hot water and our investors wow. would be in hot water. So I learned something from that. I do not buy in big swing markets like that, that are relying on a specific industry. You don't, mm. don't buy in those towns ever. And I'll never do it again because, because yes, we were celebrating when we closed. But I was also praying to God that, you know, I was blessed and grateful because we got out of that situation. Wow. So that was potentially a bad scenario, but we ended up, we ended up doing well. So second, I'd say the other deal that is like, I love it. I own it now. I just uh, refinanced it a couple months ago, but I basically, it's worth like 2.2 million. I have a loan on it for one five and I have an eight flat 8% debt investor for like 700 grand on it. So I only, I have like no equity. There's like a hundred grand in equity that me and my partner own the deal 50-50. It's a commercial building and it's only 50% leased and we're still leasing it up. Super nice property, amazing area, but I will make zero cash flow on this. I basically will only make money by the time we sell it. Uh, <laughs> but I love the building. I love the location, but it does nothing for me financially. So um, that'd probably be my current worst deal. You bought this with traditional debt and then you got a mess piece on it at a 7% interest rate? Yeah, I've just got a high net worth guy that put up 700K at 8% and me and my buddy own the property. He he owns like 15% and then me and my buddy own the rest of the deal on 50-50. So, and, but he put up the money, we just pay him a flat eight and then uh, we get pretty much mostly upside, but we're pretty much with his mess piece. We're at like break even, but we just love the property and it's yeah. a good, we'll have some equity into it once we finish it up. There'll be a couple hundred grand in equity, but it's just a beautiful location, beautiful mm. property. It's a nice commercial building right downtown. And I think long term, we'll hold this probably 20 years and wow. maybe develop on it eventually. Yeah, it's just a triple net deal with four, four tenants. For so. those that don't know, uh, mezzanine is like, it's like a second lien. If you could describe it in different ways, but it's like you got the first loan, first lien position, and then you get a second lien position. It could be called mezzanine or preferred equity. And yep. it basically acts as a second loan in, in which the money is guaranteed and that fixed return is guaranteed like a loan payment. But sometimes you negotiate Correct. and the mez lender will actually take equity in the deal as well, right? So Exactly. Yep. Awesome. Great awesome. description. Show off a bit, man. I, I would love to hear what the best deal you've ever done is. I actually just refinanced it today. Oh, uh, we just closed. We just closed this morning. Yeah. So I bought you this. Buying dinner? Where are we going? <laughs> uh, dude, I'm buying a plane, man. <laughs> let's uh, go. Let's go. So, um, so it's just, it's not a huge deal, but it's a 20 unit. It's in Michigan as well. It's in a city called Royal Oak, which is just a really hot A class market. And I'm like two blocks from Main Street. I bought it for 65 a door or 1.38 million about a year and a half ago. I think it was August of 2020, August of 2020. So I bought it for 1.38. I've put like 450 into it. I've bumped the rents from 900 on average to 1550 on average. So the rents for each unit have gone up like 600 to 800 bucks. Wow. Um, I'm putting like 25 a K a door though. We're doing like a nice high-end reno. And I got an offer on it for 3.9 million. I'm only in at one nine. <laughs> so I own, butter. yeah yeah so, come on i raised six hundred and thirty-five thousand 
from investors. About 300K came from my dad. And then the rest came from a couple other investors. It was just my, me and my dad that own it. And one of my other buddies, he, owned, he found the deal. I gave him like, he, he's got like five, 6% in the deal. So it's got like a million five in equity. I've got like 65% ownership of that. So that one's, I didn't put any money into this. So I've got about 1.2 million in equity of myself on that deal. And it makes me like 70K a year. And my it's only 20 Oh my gosh, yeah. that's like a monster deal, dude. I know. So, you know, I've made more on this deal than I have on 150 unit deals that I've syndicated, right? Yeah. That only that make a couple hundred grand at the end and the investors make a bunch of money. But like, you know, it depends. Smaller deal. I suggest when you're doing smaller deals, like try to joint venture them. Try not mm. to bring a bunch of partners and see if, if you can scoop up a really good deal. Like you can get creative on the structure. That's the problem that I've been having, man. I'm direct to seller, right? I have a data-driven approach, right? Where I aggregate data, I score each property in my target audience based on credit, is it deteriorating credit, are they going through divorce, tax liens, probate, like okay. you name it, 300, 400 different characteristics, and I know which ones are most likely to sell. At which point nice. I budget my marketing dollars towards them. So I'll send a mail, call them, text okay. them, email them. I'll even send the guy out and door knock their house. Right. Oh, nice. So okay. My deals are so juicy. My, they're like all of them are cash outs, right? They're like infinite IRR deals, like thousand plus. These are the ones you buy and you buying and holding. Yes. Yes. So like my average deal that I'll just flip will be like a 30% IRR if I just held on to it over a five year wow. hold. But when you want to get it to the next level and you want to start like building true, true wealth, you got to do bigger deals and you got to do them at scale. Right. Yeah. And so I'm taking this this data driven approach into the apartment space as well. And I'm and I'm starting to now source some pretty I got a forty four unit that's tying out to a twenty eight percent IRR in New Jersey. No, but dude, that's great. The the thing is about going like leveling up, right? I suggest you get into do some JVs because if you could throw a hundred, two hundred grand down and buy like a 18, 20, 30 unit, right? Yeah. You raise another four to six hundred from investors, like you can just do a straight split, no preferred return. And just calculate out what are your investors going to get as a return on their money. But you get disproportionate equity for what you put in. You may mm. put in one eighth of the capital, but maybe you own 30% of the project, a third of the project because you're doing all the work. Right. And the other, the other two thirds that goes to the rest of the investors for putting up most of the money, they're still getting a 25, 30% average annual return on their money when it's all said and done. Like that's a great deal for them. And it's a great deal for you. That is, that's actually gold, man. So you're saying put up like, say there's a million dollars of equity needed. You throw, you drop in a hundred K, you raise the other 900 from other investors, but because mm -hmm. you found the deal, you're operating a deal and you're managing everything, you're getting an extra 20% on the whole pie. So you actually end up yeah. with 20% from the sweat, 10% that you actually put down. So you make, you put a hundred, but you end up walking away with $300,000 worth of equity. Day Correct. One. God. So think about it this way. Let's say you do an 80-20 straight split with investors. The million dollars goes to and buys 80% of this deal. Mm -hmm. And you you get 20% as your sweat equity piece. That's that's for the sponsor, the GP, right? That's you. Yep. You also put in 100 of that million. So you bought 10% of the 80%. So you have 8% ownership there. And you have the other 20 from your sweat equity. You have 28% that you only bought with 100 grand. Mm. Now you got to go do all the work for this. But you're amplifying every dollar that you're putting in. I was going to ask you what the best advice you yeah. could give early on is. And honestly, that is a great advice. Focus, 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 yeah. focus. Like, would you rather be a shotgun, right? 
and you got bullets going everywhere, or would you rather be a sniper and you're coming in just ripping right through, right? Especially when you get started, you got to focus. Like you can't start two businesses at once. You can't have two side hustles. Start one and make it your main hustle. Don't have a side hustle. Have a main hustle, bro. Amen. That is gold. We got this real estate lab. You got Secret X events, and we're going to Iceland, right? Yeah, bro. What is? Yeah. What? Tell, talk to me about what's going on over here, bro. So it was basically me and a couple buddies started this in like 2018, and we're like, yo, let's take a dope vacation to Cabo and invite a bunch of entrepreneurs and just like network there. And so we planned this trip out. We just set everything up because we wanted to make it easy for people, and we had like. I think we had like 20, 25 people come out and we booked this little boutique hotel. We, we did a full buyout on the hotel. So we had it all to ourselves wow. and, and we just planned like a yacht day. We planned like a bunch of cool stuff and people just basically showed up and, and, and we hung out for a weekend. And it was funny because everybody gets there and they're like, you know, we knew each other either from social media or we had met at conferences or they were just friends that came that are other business owners. And they're like, yo, like, this is dope. What's up? We're here. And they're like, well, what are we doing? Like, we, you guys didn't tell us what we're doing this weekend. We just kind of showed up. And I'm like, oh, yeah, th- we're just a bunch of unorganized, like, business owners and entrepreneurs <laughs> running full speed. And like, yeah, we didn't tell anybody. So we're like, why don't we do it again? And we make it a thing where we don't tell people what they're getting themselves into. And that's what, how Secret X came, like Secret Experience. Oh, and, and so we call it Secret X. And basically, you sign up, tell people where we're going. It's so like we've done Jamaica, Aruba, Cabo, Costa Rica. Now we're going to Iceland Let's in go! April. Let's go! And, and who's been to Iceland, right? Like not many people. No, but, yeah. but there's all these dope things. You can see the northern lights, this and that. And there's all these crazy things you can do in Iceland. It's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And that's what we're about. But David Choi, you're coming and you don't know anything of what's going on. You don't even oh, know what hotel we're staying you at. You come in and the community is everything, bro. I spend exorbitant amounts of money masterminding has paid multiples. Like, you can't even calculate. You can't budget greatness, bro. You can't budget greatness. <laughs> you can't budget your network, bro, because your network is your net worth. Every dollar you put into your network is a 10x on the back end. You're right, dude. The best book you've ever read about real estate investing. What do you got for the crowd? When I first got started, I loved, like, uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad obviously got me in. I guess everybody in the game. The ABCs of Real Estate Investing by Ken McElroy is great. The one that changed my life, I believe, is the 10X Rule by Grant Cardone. Really? I was, yeah, 2016. I still have my goal book, bro. I still have my goal book. And it says, I want 10 single family rentals by the time I'm 25. I read the 10X Rule and I said, I want 500 apartments within three years. And I wrote that in April of 2016, April, uh, March of 2019. I'm at Secret X in Cabo at our first Secret X in Cabo. And it's my turn to speak. And I'm speaking. We're poolside and I'm speaking to the group on focus. And I get a call and my business partner's there with me and he pulls me aside. He's like, Dave, you got to stop speaking right now because we got we to gotta do the final uh, rate lock and they need you to approve this rate lock so we can close on this deal. I closed on a 136 unit apartment building. That put me up to 520 units two years and 11 months later after I wrote that goal down. If that is not the power of setting big goals, bro, I don't know what is because that changed my life. Wow. So, yeah. Love that, it's crazy. Dude. David, where can people find you? Oh, dude. You know, it's on the IG, re- at Real Estate Jedi. No Real underscores, Jedi. no nothing. <laughs> There's only one. It's the Real Estate Jedi. Go to my website, realestatelab.com. That is our software company. you find out more about it and our community that David mentioned. And I'd love to connect with you guys. I'm all about helping other people get into this space, grow, blow it up. 
I love seeing people level up and start from nothing to being able to do this, especially young people, you know, in their teens or twenties that are getting into this. I mean, it's inspiring for me. And I love to inspire you guys to help be able to do what I never thought was really possible, but what wow. I've been able to accomplish. So it's been fun. David Tupin, everybody. CEO, Real Estate Lab. This guy is the Real Estate Jedi. Follow him. Join his mastermind, Real Estate Lab, to network with guys like me and Dave and other absolute killers in the industry. David Tupin, thanks for coming on, brother. Real pleasure. Thank you, bro. I appreciate it. All right. Talk to you soon. All right, everybody, that's our show. If you like what you heard, do us a huge favor and give us a five-star rating and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. If you're feeling generous, maybe even tell a friend. Word of mouth helps a lot. If you're interested in being on the show or getting exclusive invites to our Deals and Dollars networking events, you can fill out a form at dealsanddollars.com. That's deals, the letter N, dollars.com. Your hosts were David Choi, Eric Panecki, and John Labretti. The podcast was produced by me, Joshua Perna, with additional editing by Jonas Tejuse and Erwin Castillo. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.